Welcome to another edition of No Block Sports. I'm your host, Jason Green, and we are on episode 64. And just like all other 63 episodes, we have so much to get to today. Obviously, congrats to the Milwaukee Bucks for winning the NBA championship. I'm going to talk about Giannis and what he did um, later on in the show. And also, I'm going to talk about Chris Paul and what's next for the Suns after that. Um, There's been a lot of talk that this is like one of the favorite finals that people have watched. I'm actually going to rank you my top five finals. That is going to be all the way at the end of the show. But first, of course, I always got to tell you what is on my mind. And that is loyalty. In today's day and age, loyalty seems like, you know, a two-way street or a one-way street that people think should be a two-way street or they think they have it both ways and it just never is. On the one hand, people complain that people are trying to create super teams like LeBron James every year and Kevin Durant, and I'm not going to deny what they do is not true. And then you talk about the guys like Damian Lode and Bradley Beal and Devin Booker who are trying to stay with their teams, and everyone's like, man, get my man Dame out of Portland. Get Bradley Beal out of Washington. Get De- Draymond Green on national TV. Get get my man out of Phoenix, and he makes the final, NBA Finals the next year. But the reason why loyalty is so great is because there's this famous saying that one equals one, right? Four equals four. And it's just not true. Mathematically, yes, one equals one. But think of it this way. Not all championships are equal. Yeah, I won a championship. That's the truth. I have one championship. You have one championship. But one championship always means more than another. I could tell you right now that Dirk's one singular championship is worth more than KD's two. I could tell you that LeBron James's 2016 NBA championship is the greatest single championship in NBA history. There is not a single one that means more in NBA history than that one. I could tell you that that one championship in 2016 means more than any of them that Michael Jordan ever got. Not comparing the six to hold of the one, I'm comparing each individual championship. LeBron James' 2016 is greater than all of them, individually. And that's the truth. So when I'm talking about loyalty and I'm talking about how Giannis could have went to a different team, and he said in this press conference, at 3-1, he said, I could have just been a contributing factor. I could have went and built a super team, a super team, and I could have won it, and I could have been happy. But he said he was stubborn. And he said he wanted it. And listen, other people have done that too. Listen, LeBron went back to Cleveland, and that's why that loyalty comes into play. He went back and he won his ring. Kobe Bryant had his loyalty, even though he wanted the trade. People always forget that won his five rings for the Lakers. Michael Jordan, with loyalty with Chicago Bulls, won his six rings. Steph Curry's 2015 ring means more than his 2017 and 2018 ring easily. And that's just the truth with the NBA. When James Harden and KD win a ring in Brooklyn, I get it, man. It's going to be hard. It's going to be the grind. It's going to be amazing. And it's going to be, you know, a hell of a run. But that ring's not equal in what Giannis just did. And just that's how the way the NBA works. It's just the truth. Not all rings are created equal, and they shouldn't be. Why should they? Why should if I have a super team... Right, and the rest of the league is clearly inferior to me than what it is. 
I could tell you that the three most valuable rings, the four most valuable rings in the NBA in the past decade go. I'll go four is Kawhi Leonard's ring in 2019. Three is Giannis's 2020 ring. Two is Dirk Nowitzki's 2011 ring. And number one is LeBron James's 2016 ring. Because that's loyalty. And everyone's going, oh, LeBron went to, went to Miami and went to the Lakers. I know, I know, and you're not wrong. But he came back, and he won the hardest championship that there ever was in NBA history. But just remember that next time when, you're, when your favorite player goes somewhere else. Yeah, they win a ring, but don't act like people don't notice this. I know Kevin Durant's a top 10 player of all time, but one does not equal one, man. It just doesn't. And all rings, say it again, are not created equal. And that's just what's on my mind. All right, let's get into what we just witnessed. And that is Giannis Antetokounmpo putting up the greatest, possibly the greatest game I have ever seen in my life. I'm talking about the greatest finals games that I have witnessed personally. Um... LeBron James, Game 7, 2013. LeBron James, 2016, Game 6. It's definitely the greatest game I've ever seen. But that is up there, man. What he just did, 50, 14, and 5 blocks. He was just dominant. And he was closing 17 of 19 from the line. From the guy that couldn't get it done. Let's just go with this game real quick. It's the most points in the closing game since Bob Pettit. In 1955. It's the most points in the finals game since LeBron's, I didn't even mention the 51-point performance in 2018. Since that, in 2018, he's the first player ever to average 30, 10, and 5 and shoot 60% of the field. And Shaq obviously did most of that except the assists. And, I mean, this is nothing new that people have called Giannis the Shaq of the league. I mean, this is what, yeah, so I just said, this is what Giannis averaged in the postseason, in the finals. 35.2 points per game, 13 rebounds, and 5 assists per game on 61% field goal percentage. Let's look at Shaq's dominant run from 1999, from the 1999-2000 finals to 2001-2002 finals. In that series, first series, 38 points per game, 16.7 boards, 2.7 blocks on 61% field goal percentage. It's very similar. The next one, 33 points, 15.8 rebounds, 4.8 assists, um, 3.4 blocks per game, and shot 57% from the field. And then the last one was 36.3 points per game, 12.3 boards, 3.8 assists, 2.8 blocks per game, shooting 59.5% from the field. Is that not absurd? I mean, everything is similar. Giannis averaged a little more assists. Actually, the prime is really about the same, 4.8. So Shaq averaged a little... Let's go to the prime. The 33... Actually, I don't even know which one it is. I mean, they're both... They're just All of them are absurd. I don't know if he's as good, as but that's only his first finals. So, he's he's clearly the most dominant player in the paint that we have seen since Shaquille O'Neal. I mean, the guy is unreal. And he's skilled. My, the number one pet peeve, I think I said this last episode, my number one pet peeve is, do not tell me that Giannis Antetokounmpo is not skilled. Do not tell me that Shaquille O'Neal is not skilled. I will laugh at you and I will not talk basketball with you. It is just that simple. I will not do it. I will not do it. It pisses me off when people say that. Clearly, Giannis is extremely skilled. All right, but let's look at this resume, okay? 
I, I saw this uh, picture online. Here it is. I'm pulling it up right now. Ready? According to ESPN Stats and Info, Giannis is the only player in NBA history with five All-Star selections, five All-NBA selections, multiple MVPs, one Finals MVP, and one Defense Player of the Year before his 27th birthday. So just to reiterate, what exactly does he have? He's a two-time MVP. He's a five-time NBA All-Star. He's a three-time All-NBA First Team. He's a two-team All-NBA Second Team. 2020 Defense Player of the Year. Three-time All-NBA First Team Defense. He's got a $230 million contract, and now... He's got what everyone wants, and that's the legacy resume clincher, an NBA title, and a finals MVP. This is the same guy that everyone was ridiculing on national TV, saying, ah, he's the Robin, man. Can't get it done. Can't get it done. I just want everyone to know I had Bucks in six. Go look at my title of my episode two episodes ago. I had the Bucks beating... Um, the New York Knicks. Sorry, the New York Nets in seven. But well, if we're gonna have this conversation with you real quick, and I'm I'm talking this out loud, Giannis is not the best player in the world. I would still take Kevin Durant over him. If you want to say LeBron is now third, Giannis is second, and KD is first, fine. But there's no world where I'm taking Giannis over KD, and here's why. It took seven games for Giannis to defeat that Kevin Durant team with a hurt James Harden. And, a hurt, and Kyrie Irving got hurt. And Kevin Durant was having a nuclear, nuclear, absurd efficient series. He was easily the best player on that floor in that series. He's still the best player in the world. But Giannis is right there, man. And listen, this is how you get in the GOAT conversation. Fine, he just won MVP. Now do it next year. This year was a little quirky. I'm not, I'm not trying to take anything away from Giannis. But this year was a little quirky. A lot of injuries happened. He almost he was almost a part of that. What he did was sensational. Hyperextending his knee and coming back in and averaging those numbers is absurd. It almost happened to him too. But just remember, it was a little quirky. And next year, hopefully, with everyone is full strength, now the Bucks got swagger. The only thing they lacked was swagger. Everyone knew how talented they were, but now they know they belong. Now they know that this is their league and it's their league for the taking. Next year is going to be so interesting. And Giannis, I, I think this finals taught him something. I think this finals taught him that he can be the guy in the clutch. Because I thought he was that good in the clutch. I, I understand Chris Mullen had a lot of clutch shots. And he was clearly the more pull-up dribble kind of guy, hit the more contested shot kind of guy. But Giannis was outworking everybody. He wanted them more. He made a ton of huge plays in the series, especially in that game six in the closing game. Milton was not good in that game six. 50 14 and 5 blocks. One of the greatest finals performances we have ever seen. Congrats to Oscar, an NBA champion. Congrats to your finals MVP. I can't wait. And you know what always sticks me? Because now I have to wait for the NBA season next year. I can't wait. Because now it gets interesting. LeBron's throne is up for grabs. It's back up for grabs. He won in 2019. They lose in 2020. Or whatever, 2020. Lose in 2021. It's back up for grabs. The Lakers are scrambling. The Clippers are scrambling. The Nets think they can run it back. The Sixers are scrambling. And the Bucks are sitting there saying, it's my throne, and now you got to take it. Now, I just can't rate. But Giannis, at age 26, no one in the NBA history has got a better resume than you. Hence, it's time to start thinking about Giannis and the GOAT conversation when he wins one or two more rings. And that's, I mean, that's not even what's on my mind. That's just the truth. All right, let's go to the other side of the court where obviously the Phoenix Suns lost the series. One, 
and give a little round of applause to the Phoenix Suns. Listen, I didn't think they'd be there. I thought they would lose in the first round. Now, I knew once they beat the Lakers in the first round, they were NBA Finals bound, and I had them the rest of the way. But I did not think they would get through the Lakers, and what Chris Paul has done in year 16 is exceptional. That's the truth. What he's done in year 16 is exceptional. Um, with that being said, I saw a lot of Chris Paul slander. And let's go with the first stat that obviously I, the, the elephant in the room that he's the only player ever to blow 4-2-0 leads. But I'm going to go through this. I remember the Suns were up 2-0. And on my, and, um, my work, they were asking me, do you think this series isn't over? And I said, no, the series isn't over. There's a famous saying in all of sports. But really, it's in basketball. The series does not start until a road team wins. That's the truth. And the series didn't start till game five, when the Bucks finally won. In all four of those two elites, where Chris Paul has gotten those two elites, he started at home. He took care of business at home. And then what happened was, the next team won their games at home like they were supposed to. They held serve. And then it's up for there. Then it's just a make or miss league. Anything can happen in a one-three game scenario. That's the truth. It's not that Chris Paul isn't has he had some choking moments. Yes, he has had some choking moments in his career. Specifically, up two-one against the OKC Thunder, and I saw that was on like my for you page on TikTok, and that was a choke by Chris Paul. That's the truth. Okay, but in this series, Chris Paul averaged twenty-one point eight points per game, eight point two assists. Almost three rebounds a game on 55% from the field and 52.2% from three. Where was he not good? Yeah, was was his turnovers up a little bit? Yeah, yeah, it was almost three turnovers a game. I mean, I love LeBron, but LeBron averages way more than that in every NBA Finals. I don't think you can find me in any in NBA Finals. LeBron averages less than that. So I want you to have the ball in your hands. It happens. I mean. What did we think? He was going to average 30 points per game? This is his game. He's usually an 18-point per game guy. He raised it to 22. Yeah, his assists were down a little bit, but that's just the shot making. Not like he doesn't average 8 assists. Sure, he should average a double-double. Fine. I don't care. He shot extremely efficient, 55%. He shot extremely efficient from 3, 52.2%. He's not the reason they lost. He had one bad game. That was game 4. It's not like Devin Booker didn't have a bad game 3 and didn't have a bad game 6. No one's blaming him at all. They're going to blame Chris Paul for game four because it was the close one. That was the turning point where those Bucks really felt they got more confidence back because the Suns had a chance to steal away game four. And should they have won game five? Yeah, maybe. And then they lead in game six? Yes. That's the NBA, man. It happens. Not everyone is as fortunate as others. Sadly, Chris Paul... He's got the curse on him. And I'm going to say this. Shame on you, NBA. Shame on you. You're really going to put Scott Foster in Game 6 when he was 2-15 in his career in the playoffs? And he has publicly complained about him when he was on the Rockets? Shame on you. That That's a low blow that you just didn't need to do. It is. It's a low blow you didn't need to do. It was for the publicity. It was for the betting market money. And I know it was. And they wanted to get the money on one side. They wanted people to say, ooh, can't wait, you can own 13. Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. And I think Adam Silver, I think someone should ask him about that. I don't know who decides that, but that's ridiculous to me. It's absolutely ridiculous. But I, I, um, I don't feel bad for Chris Paul. 
I'm happy that he got his chance, but that doesn't mean he had to win it. Everyone always deserves a chance. A chance is an NBA Finals appearance. Charles Barkley got his chance, couldn't do it. Okay? John Stockton and Carl Malone got their chance, they couldn't do it. Chris Paul got his chance, couldn't do it. And it could have been flipped. If Chris Paul got his ring and Giannis didn't win it, that could have been Giannis' only chance. But the truth is, I'm not slandering Chris Paul. What he did was exceptional. I'm not sad that he lost. He got his chance. That's all you can ask for. The results are the results. They just got beat by a better team. That's why it's Bucks and Six. But I'm not I'm not taking any of this Chris Paul slander. And I think it's absolutely ridiculous. I got one more thing on the agenda for today's episode. I uh, mentioned it earlier in the show. People have been talking about this as one of the greatest NBA finals they've ever watched. And it got me thinking. So I'm going to rank to you the top five finals that I have ever seen with my eyes. Now, for perspective, I'm 22 years old and I started watching basketball. Uh, really, I always watched in 2008, but I really started watching basketball, I would say, from 2011 on. So like LeBron's first year in Miami, I really started getting into basketball. Um, actually, I've always watched the Sixers before that. And I could tell you Sixers series that happened. Like, and not to get too deep into it, but I really started getting into basketball again. So I don't really remember the 2009 Lakers finals. I don't really remember the 2010 Lakers Celtics finals. In 2008, like the first really finals I do remember watching, is like, is like the the LeBron OKC finals. So we're going to start really from there. So number five is actually a tie between two finals. Between the 2017 NBA finals, Cavs were first, and the 2015 finals, NBA um, Cavs were first. And I, I, I just couldn't really differentiate them. 2015 went deeper, and it was more interesting because it was LeBron versus the world. No Kyrie, no Kevin Love. This was his peak of get the team on my back and watch me go. And to watch him even come close in that series when three of his five starters did not play in the next series, the year after that versus the Warriors, is absolutely unbelievable to me. Even though LeBron shot 39% from the field, 35% from the field, he was ungodly, and what he did for that team was unbelievable. 2017 is on this list because it's the most talent a finals have had on this list. Um, KD, Steph, Clay, Draymond on one side, Kyrie, um, LeBron, Kevin Love on the other side. Um, the Cavs were 15 and 1 entering the finals, and the Warriors were 16 and 0 entering the finals. Um, it, it was unbelievable, everything about it. Usually, finals games are low scoring, right? The offenses were so good in this series that neither team could be stopped. I mean, the Cavs are the first team ever to score a 50-point quarter in the NBA Finals in Game 4. Obviously, KD hit that shot in Game 3. It's also a lot of controversy, not controversy, but Game 5. Um, the I think the Cavs go up to like an 8-9 point lead. Um, LeBron dunks it. KD clearly hits him on the head. Um, that was his third foul. And the next thing you know, the, the Warriors go on like a 20-3 run or something like that and take an 8-point lead into the half. Um... LeBron was also the first player ever to have a triple-double in that series. So that, that series just gets an honorable mention those two because that series was iconic with talent. Um, KD had a little comment about that, saying it was the most fair. Now, the Warriors were clearly the better team. Some things could have went different. Listen, KD doesn't hit that shot. Maybe that goes six. And I'm putting in on the finals, best finals I've ever watched. But obviously that shot's iconic. <clears throat> and it just didn't go that way. I would not say the talent was even, but a great series overall. All right. 
Next, number four. I actually have this year's finals on my fourth list. There wasn't nothing not to like about the series. Two teams vying for the first championship in a long time. Bucks 19-71-72. Phoenix Suns have never won an NBA championship. But game one was a blowout. Game two was a blowout. And game three was a blowout. Your first three games weren't close. Now, four, five, and six were great games. All three of them. Game five was a classic. I mean, that game five was an, an NBA classic that I will remember forever. Game four was a great game, too. And obviously, game six with Giannis's historic performance is unbelievable. But to me, maybe it's just I'm watching it now and I'm having a little nostalgic about the other three finals that I watched. But maybe it's just not hitting me yet. But, and usually recency bias goes this way. But to me, it's the, my fourth finals I've ever seen. I even know Giannis did put up one of the greatest finals performances we've ever seen. And just the pressure on both teams to bring their city championship was unbelievable. All right, number three. I got the Raptors versus Warriors. And I'll tell you why I love this. First of all, game one and game one wasn't close, but it was competitive. Back and forth. First game in Toronto, the six was up. Game two was close, man. Game two was real close. Remember Steph Curry always had that turnover. Sean Livingston passed Iguodala for three. Um, that's the infamous Max Kellerman. Give me Iguodala. Comment after that game. And then game three, Steph had to, by himself, no clay, no KD. And next thing you know, he puts up that iconic 47-point performance, and it still wasn't enough. First time he ever felt like LeBron, you know, having to put the team completely on his back. Then game four actually wasn't even close either. The Raptors win both of them on the road. So now it's reversed. Now the Warriors are down 3-1, and there he comes back. Kevin Durant, and Kevin Durant drops 11 points, or 12 points, in the first 11 minutes. Easily the best player on the floor. And I swear to you to this day, if he stayed healthy and didn't tear his Achilles, they're winning that NBA Finals. But he doesn't. He gets hurt. And what happens? It's a classic. It, 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 it goes down to the final shot. Kawhi Leonard's going off in the fourth quarter. It's his NBA Finals moment. He scores like 12 straight points. The Warriors can't stop him. They're up six. Next thing you know, back-to-back threes from Steph and Clay, And they take the, I think it's back-to-back-to-back threes. Steph, Clay, Clay, or something like that. Clay, Steph, Clay. And and next thing you know, they win. And it was like, oh my God, are they really going to go back to Oracle and do this? And then game six was a classic. I'm telling you, it was a classic. It was the most underrated uh, games I've ever watched in my life. The shot-making in that game was unreal contested shot it was like fred van fleet contested shot steph curry contested shot clay thompson obviously tears his acl the warriors might have won that game if he didn't tear his acl um draymond green makes a tough old cup threes that he, a, a couple tough threes that he usually doesn't hit i mean and then it all comes down to steph curry they run the play of steph curry two-point game they run the wing three it's the toughest shot basketball they run for obviously the best shooter of all time and he missed and everyone's scrambling for the ball and draymond green calls the timeout which obviously is a Michigan State guy, Chris Webber in for Michigan, and Kawhi calmly knocks down every free throw, and that was it. That was just game, but that's, I'm telling you, go if you want to rewatch a good NBA Classic game, go rewatch Game 6, the 2019 NBA Finals. Straight classic, awesome series. <clears throat> All right, number two, the one and two shouldn't be a shock, and I'd be shocked if anyone disagree. The 2013 Heat take it for me, and number two. Game one was extremely close. Game two was not. Game three was not close. Game four was not close. Two, three, four, two, three, and four were not close. And game five was back and forth, but the Spurs ultimately took it. But game six and seven were as close as it is 
ever been. Obviously, the most iconic shot, probably NBA history, is Ray Allen's three to tie the game. But people forget LeBron James assisted or whatever on every single point. Scored assist on every single point. Guys, I remember watching that in my friend's basement. This guy's headband knocked off. And everyone was like debating on Game 7, should he wear his headband or not? You got obviously the block by Bosch, which is unbelievable. And Game 7 was intense, back and forth. Spurs had the lead in the third quarter, and then Mario Chalmers hits that shot at the bank at the end of the third, giving the first lead, and the Heat never looked back. LeBron James closing it, hits the jumper, um, gets the steal on Ginobili, gets the steal, you know, Tim Duncan misses that wide-open tip-in shot. I've never seen, if you want to talk about I've never seen Tim Duncan frustrated on the court. You can see him put his hand on his head. He slaps the floor. It's the first time ever you felt Tim Duncan's frustrations. Um, Everything about that game was amazing, and LeBron James secured back-to-back Finals MVPs and NBA champions. And obviously, number one is the 2016 NBA Finals. Once again, game one was a blowout. Game two was a blowout. Game three was a blowout. Game four was a really good game where he's ended up taking it. But games 5, 6, and 7 were just iconic. They were just iconic. The Warriors got off to an early lead in Game 5. LeBron James and Kyrie Irving go for the first pair ever to drop 40 points. Both of them dropping 40 points in the NBA Finals game. They end up winning. And Game 6, we were talking about the greatest Finals performance ever. Game 6 to me is the most complete game anyone's ever played in LeBron James. I think it was 41, 12, 9, 3 and 3. Shot 60 something percent from the field, 40 percent from 3. He dominated from start to finish. LeBron James dominated. People said, I remember Colin Coward said, they were down 3 1. And Colin Coward goes, I don't think LeBron can give you 40 point games anymore. What does he do? Back to back 40 point games. It was unbelievable to watch. And obviously, no Draymond in game five. There was just. There's some, some just tension, and there's so much like, oh, like what if he played? And Game 7 was was the game. I mean, I talk about Game 7 of the the Spurs and Heat being intense. This was more intense. People forget, before the Kyrie Irving 3, the last point scored was 6 minutes left. when Clay, Or 5 minutes left when Klay Thompson hit a deep 2. It was tied... For four straight minutes of back-and-forth basketball, nobody could hit a shot. Nobody could hit a shot for four straight minutes. Obviously, and that includes LeBron James' most superhuman play I've ever seen in my life live. He blocks it. He blocks Andre Goddard. The LeBlanc is crazy. The shot is crazy. The Kevin Love. And the thing is, the next play, they go down to go down. Kyrie gets fouled. The Warriors shouldn't even foul. They should have let it go. LeBron James goes for the dunk. If he would have thrown that down, probably would have been the greatest dunk in NBA history to seal the NBA Finals. He gets hurt. Misses the free throw. I don't care on the wrist, not on the wrist. I'm not here to make excuses. But obviously, makes the second one to close the NBA Finals. And you could just see the pure emotion. When the clock hit zero. That's what it was all about. The pure emotion. That's the best part of winning a championship. Because like, I'm not even a Bucks fan. And I could just feel so good for Giannis. Watching him do it. When LeBron won that championship. Everybody felt good for LeBron. Gave his awesome speech. It was amazing. And that's the best part about winning a championship. You just, the pure power and emotion that you feel after that. So just to go over it, number five is tied 2017-2015. Four is this year's 2021. I'll say 20. This year's 2021 NBA Finals. Sorry about that. Um, two, uh, three is 2019 NBA Finals. 
Number two is the 2013 NBA Finals. And number one is the infamous, came down from three series to one, infamous 3-1, 2016 NBA Finals. This is one of the things, when I release this episode, debate me in the comments. Debate me in the comments right there. I'd love to talk about it. I think 2016 is the consensus, but I understand if you maybe got someone else in the next four. So those are my five. All right, that's going to do it for this week's episode of No Block Sports. Obviously, you can find all these on Apple and Spotify, No Block Sports Podcast. Like, comment, subscribe. Um, Next episode, we're there again. First round NBA mock draft. I know everybody's so excited for this. I'm excited for this. I'm trying to get an actual written version out on a blog. So be on the lookout for that. But until then, um, I mean, like, comment, subscribe. Hope you enjoyed this episode and episode 65, NBA Mock Draft. See you guys then.